Well, <clears throat> we've been on a series, actually this is our third message in our series on faith for others. And just for the sake of time, I'm just going to kind of jump right into what we've been talking about. But, but I tell you, I've, I've, got, I've got real faith, strong faith, that great faith is arising in you for other people. And that everybody sitting in here, and at the sound of my voice, and anybody that hears these messages, will realize that God put us on planet Earth, not for ourselves, but for others. God's about people. God's concern on planet Earth, His focus on planet Earth, is people. And sometimes there's a lot of stuff in the Earth and in life itself that tries to distract us from that. But I, but I, I think you're going to like the examples that I use tonight as, as this is our third message um, that we're going to just jump right into. And I'm going, to use, I'm going to read our foundation scriptures, James 3. <clears throat> I'm going to start with James 3 and verse 1. And it says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. I'm going to read verse 2 in the Amplified, because I like what it says in one of the parentheses here. For we all often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, and the parentheses there says in the Amplified, never says the wrong things, he is a fully developed character and a perfect man, able to control his whole body and curb his entire nature. If he never says the wrong things. Pastor, what does that have to do with having faith for other people? If, you, if we're not walking in faith, if we're not developing our character and developing the person that we are, you're not going to have faith for others. God's desire is that we're strong in faith so that we can have faith for others so that things get accomplished in the lives of people. Amen. Verse 3. I'm going to go back to the New King James. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that we may obey us, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, everybody say, even so. Even so, the tongue is a little member and it boasts of great things. Would God put a challenge in Scripture? to never say the wrong thing if it couldn't be met. I don't believe so. Can you go all day and never say the wrong thing? Can you go for a whole week? That's, I mean, you know, someone says, well, well what's the wrong thing? <laughs> well, that's your responsibility to figure it out. <laughs> Not somebody walking around and making sure you're saying the right thing. Do I have the ability to never say the wrong thing? In myself? No. In Christ? Yes. Or he wouldn't say it. Never say the wrong thing. Because at the end of the day, what I say is so, is so. What I say is so, is so. And it's proven 
And it'll be proven out in Scripture even as, as we're reading this. The other foundational Scripture is uh, Proverbs 18 and verse 21. 18 and 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, or what we say. Those who love it will eat the fruit of it. The Amplified there says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. In other words, whatever I love, that's what's going to happen. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, and and I'm I'm not looking at anybody, I'm not even thinking about anybody when I say this. But but I'm just going to say this, so just take it, receive it, and apply it. Most Christian people don't believe this. Or we wouldn't say what we say. Most Christian people don't believe that the power of life or death in your life is in your tongue. Most people think that's, well, that's the devil. He's the one that's after me. Well, Life or death are in, are in the power or the hand of God where my life is concerned. Well, God set it up that way, but then He said this. So you can't get away from this. So in other words, if you boil it all down, whether I live in this life, in life or death and destruction, depends on what I say. Depends on what comes out of my mouth. When you boil it all down, that's what he's saying. So, um, in, in Psalm 34, this is just another one that we read last week, and then I want to look at Psalm 106 and kind of drive home a point tonight. Psalm 34 and verse 12. <clears throat> Who is the man who desires life? And and, and who is is the person that loves many days that he may see good in his life? Everybody see the question mark there? There's a question mark. Well, that question's answered in verse 13. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips, in so many words, it's defined as Never saying the wrong thing. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit or speaking the wrong things. Go back to 12. So, is there anybody in the house that desires to be alive, but not just live just any tolerable life, but a life that is full of the love of God and many days and good things happening. How many desire to live that type of a life tonight? Amen? I, I desire that. And he says the answer to that is change what you say. Change what you say. Now, are you tempted every day to say the wrong thing? You are? <laughs> so, you know. So, so, so we can look at it like this. We can look at it like this. Well, I didn't mean that, and, and well, you know, 
I'm going to say the wrong thing anyway, so I might as well just cuss and kick the dog right out the, out the chute, and then I got it over with, right? And, 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 and saying the wrong thing is not just, you know, ugly cuss words or whatever. It's, not, it, it's, it's lining your life up with what you want to see. There are things I desire to see, and I say those things over myself all the time. Abraham is the father of our faith, and he called those things that be not as though they were. And in, in that calling, in that declaration and declaring, things begin to happen, but it, it was many, many years until he saw manifestation of certain things that God revealed to him and showed him. Because God wants our heart. He wants, he wants you and I to be all in. Everybody say, all in. I, I, I don't know about you, I want to live a life where I am all in, 100% sold out because I believe it. I don't want to live in a life that it's, well, maybe and kind of and sort of. And so there's a journey and a developing process, that character that, that the Scripture was talking about earlier, that developed character's got to be there. A person that is learning to never say the wrong thing and is quick to repent and quick to deal with his heart is developing something inside that cannot stop your life from fulfilling the destiny and the plan God intended for you. The, the baby we just dedicated has a destiny. The Bible says that before we were, God had a plan for us. He had a destiny and a purpose for our lives before we were. That's hard to imagine that how, how can God already have your life written out before you're even thought about? Well, that's another message. <clears throat> so, are we tempted every day to say the wrong thing? I'm going to give you two individuals in Scripture and just tie this together tonight, okay? We're going to start with Moses. Look at Psalm 106. Psalm 106 and verse 32 and 3. They angered him also at the waters of strife or of Meribah, so then it went ill with Moses on account of them because they rebelled against his spirit so that he, Moses, spoke rashly with his lips. The Amplified says, For they provoked Moses' spirit so that he spoke unadvisedly with his lips. Now, We're going to look at that at, at just one piece of the story of Moses found in Numbers 20 and starting with verse 1. But I want you to think about if you know if you know anything about Moses' life, what he was called to do didn't start until he was 80 years old. It didn't start until then. And in Psalm it says that Moses was called to lead the children of Israel out of bondage, and he was also called 
to lead them into the promised land. That was his calling. And we know in Scripture, there's been a lot taught about the fact that Moses didn't enter in. And and I've heard many people say, well, it wasn't the will of God. No, no, no. The will of God was that he lead them out to lead them in. Right? And here's a guy that didn't ask for this job. In fact, he said, he said, God, my brother can do a better job than me. I don't even want to do this. No, you're called to do this. And so he didn't even ask for this. Okay? And just to get us to where we're going to start reading right here in a few verses. So, miracles happened in Egypt for the children of Israel that have never, ever, ever happened again. The likes of that have never happened since that time have never happened on planet Earth. I mean, miracle after miracle after manifestation after manifestation that we've not seen the likes of on planet Earth since then. And the miracles in the beginning came to liberate and free them. And they were forced into some harder labor. And what did the children of Israel do? They blamed Moses and Aaron. Finally, after all of the miracles, Pharaoh decides to let the children of Israel go. They come to the brink of the Red Sea, to the, right to the shores of the Red Sea. And then all of a sudden, Pharaoh's armies are coming after them. And what happens? They blame Moses and Aaron. Sea opens up. In spite of all their complaining, they go to the other side. They're rejoicing, barely took a breath, and there's no water. And what happened? They blame Moses and Aaron. They got all the monies and the riches of Egypt. They've, they've stripped Egypt of all their wealth, and they've got all this wealth, and now they're hungry. And, you know, had, had their last meal and need some more food to manifest. <laughs> and, and before they could even turn and talk to Moses, they blamed Moses and Aaron. Man, if you hadn't let us out here, if we could just go back and be where we were, in the bondage they had been in for 400 years, they were wanting to go back there. Why? Because of the pressure. And yet, God came through every single time. Then, in Numbers 20, and starting with verse 1, it says, The children of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and the people stayed in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. Moses' sister. Now, there was no water for the congregation. Second time that there's no water. So they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. Again. Again, they're against him. Again. Their frustration is getting to him. And the people contended with Moses 
and spoke, saying, If only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our animals should die here? Your animals, Lord. And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. I mean, we're talking about miracle after miracle after manifestation after manifestation after manifestation after manifestation. And all they've done the whole time is complain. And what has Moses done? He stood strong, and he believed God, and he trusted God, and he, and he went to God every single time, and he did exactly what God told him to do. Amen? Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, no, verse 6, Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and they fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, and do what to the rock? Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock, and, bring, and give drink to the congregation and to their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him, and Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, here now, you bunch of rebels. Is that what God told him to say? Here now, you bunch of rebellious pieces of whatever. Huh? Here now, you bunch of this and that and the other. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Is that we little or big? Is that W little or big? That's a little W. Now what's he saying? Are Aaron and I going to bring you water out of the rock? Huh? Is, it, is Aaron and I going to bring you out of the, rock, the water out of the rock? Now, now, it's, now it's, you know, are we going to do this? This isn't Moses and God. This is Aaron and I. Now watch. Thus you shall bring water for them. No, uh, where am I? Eleven. Then Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came abundantly and the congregation and their animals drank. There's their dang animals again. <laughs> then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not obey me to hallow me or to honor me or to honor my holiness... In the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. This was the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel contended with the Lord, and he was hallowed among them. So, instead of speaking what God told him to speak, what did he do? Boom! He hit the rock. Trying to make the thing happen trying to force the issue, trying to make this situation come to pass. Why? Because he's so frustrated with the children of Israel 
and the temptation to say the wrong thing, he gave into it. And what happened? What he was called to finish, he never finished. What he was called to finish, what his destiny, what his whole plan was, the plan of God for his life to lead them out, to lead them in, was stopped. So I want to ask you this question, and I want you to, I want you to think about this. I don't have a lot of time, but I want you to think about this, and we'll talk a little bit more about this next week. God wants us to have faith for other people. God wants us to live our lives for others. To do that, we've got to be a developed person to have faith to see other people set free and delivered. God wants oppression off of people's lives. He wants sick people healed. God wants you to be able to come into the presence of a room and declare peace and it fill the room to overflowing. God wants you to live in that place of the anointing and deliver the anointing through the words of your mouth. But if we're a person, if we're people that are going to rebel against God and not do and say the things that He tells us to do, how could that stop you and my destiny? Sometimes we don't want to look at something like that because it seems pretty harsh. But here's the deal. On this side of the cross... We live in and under the mercy of God. And you know who determines whether your destiny is stopped or not? It's not God. Death and life are in the power of what we say. Death and life for my life is in the power of what I say every day. You know, you know, you know when the mercy of God runs out? Never. So who determines, who determines whether you're going to fulfill the destiny and the plan of God in your life? You. You and I individually determine that. So there is a story of one person, and in Luke chapter 4 is the story of another person who is tempted to say the wrong thing. Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He, he, he wasn't sucked into some wilderness experience. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And being tempted for 40 days, for 40 days being tempted, Moses was harassed by the children of Israel for I don't know how many days. He was harassed with their unbelief. He was harassed with, with their complaining and blaming him for what wasn't happening. And every time they complained, he went before God and things were manifested. Why? Because of the faith of Moses. The faith of Moses caused miracles to happen for the children of Israel. It hadn't been for Moses. Nothing would have happened. Moses is a type and shadow of Jesus. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, and watch this. He ate nothing, he ate nothing 
for 40 days. And afterward, when they had ended, he was full. No, he was hungry. Hmm. And the devil comes again and does what? He's harassing him again. What's he trying to get him to do? He's trying to get him to say the wrong thing. So the devil says to him, if you're the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Sound a little similar to what God told Moses to do? Speak to the rock. Instead, he beats the rock. Now, how many believe the Scripture says, means what it says? How many believe that Jesus was really hungry? And when the devil said, command that stone to become bread, that he could just envision like a honey loaf of bread. You know, not just a loaf of bread, but a honey loaf. When I was in Israel, (laughs) everywhere we went, we ate at buffets at these hotels we were staying at. I mean, it was five-star hotels, best buffets, and the best. Was the bread? Oh, the bread! Oh my gosh, the bread! Oh my lambs! And the honey bread? Oh, I mean, it's making my jaws jaws tight right now. When I, as I'm thinking about it, my jaws are getting tight thinking about that honey bread. And I'm gonna tell you right now, Jesus was thinking about some of that honey bread. Turn that rock into uh, that stone into into a loaf of bread. But look what Jesus said. Moses said the wrong thing. Jesus never said the wrong thing. And who was Jesus? He wasn't the Son of God. He didn't come to the earth to become what He already was. He came to the earth to become the Son of Man. And all God and all man never said the wrong thing. To come to the aid of those who are tempted to say the wrong thing to empower us to never say the wrong thing. Ever. So that we can say the right things for other people. Dale says he's sick in his body. I lay my hands on him and command sickness to go, and it goes because I believe in what I say. These two over here with the little baby. You think there'll be attacks against the little baby? Anybody that is breathing today is susceptible to attacks. I don't care who you are. It's not a bad confession. Everybody's susceptible to attacks. But when stuff comes, does it have the right to stay? Not if I believe what the Word says. And if I've trained myself and I've developed and on the journey of my life, I'm learning. And when does that start? Maybe for some of you, never heard this Word before? Maybe it starts right now today. God takes you right where you're at and just says, my mercy, my grace is here, but you've got to change what you say. What did Jesus tell the devil? Man shall not live by bread alone. I'm hungry, but my food is coming God's way. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man shall, what's he saying? 
Death and life are in the power of what I say. Victory in my life is in the power of what I say so that I can be, help other people be victorious in their lives. This victory thing is not just about me and about, you know, that I'm, I got all the faith and I got all this and that and the other. The victory is me being there for the lives of other people. God wants you to be alive and well for other people. God wants you to arise in your life with a faith and a confidence that if God said it, it's coming to pass. And what I've got to do is I've got to position myself to believe it. Amen? Death and life are in the power of what I say. And I want to end with this. And I want you to think about this. The devil did a couple other things with Jesus. But that food thing right out the chute, after 40 days and then really being hungry, he pressed him and he tempted him to say and do the wrong thing. The frustration that Moses had with the people, he overcame it, 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 he overcame it. And then one day, not, I mean, I, I believe he had all the faces of the children of Israel on that rock. <laughs> all their faces were on that rock. Bam, 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 bam. And you know what? On that side of the cross, the mercy ran out. How did the mercy run out? On that side of the cross. Was Moses forgiven on that side of the cross? Sure. But just because you're forgiven doesn't mean you're qualified. And on this side of the cross, the only way I'm disqualified is if I don't choose to do what's right. Thank God for the mercy of God, but the mercy of God will not step in and allow me to be an excuse because God will never, he, God will never allow something to come to pass. Nothing will come to pass in your my life if we walk in disobedience. So your life can look like Moses, like you're never going to fulfill. But what the blood of Jesus did and the obedience of Jesus to never say the wrong thing and choose the Word of God above how He felt or anything else or how things looked is the empowerment that you and I can draw from and we can make a choice today. I'm turning. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not saying this anymore. I'm not cursing my spouse anymore. I'm not declaring this about this person or that person. I'm not talking about this. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about how bad things look. I'm going to talk what the Word says. And the more I do it, and then as I really believe it, that's where it produces the fruit. And I, I've been doing this for a long time, my walk with God, for in February it will be 39 years.
that I've been born again. Two months before my 18th birthday, I gave my heart to God. And for 39, almost 39 years, I've been walking this walk, and I'm telling you that this revelation I shared with you tonight has finally, in 39 years, become so real that there's no way that the rest of my life is not blessed. Because God's word is true. Because all, all I have is what the word says is the result of what I'm telling you to do right here. That's all I have. I don't have anything else. All of my faith is in the fact that God is who he said he is. And it will produce everything that I need. I'm just, and I'm talking about myself. I'm not talking about you because, because death and life for your life is in what you say. I told somebody this yesterday. I've said this many, many times. I can tell you that you're a success and that you're an overcomer and all those kind of things, but at the end of the day, you'll believe what you think over what anybody else tells you. Somebody can hear 150,000 times that they're who God says that they are from someone else. But until you hear it from yourself, until you begin to believe it yourself, at the end of the day, what will come out of your mouth is what you really believe. What's this message, the title of this message? Faith for others. The whole world is waiting on you and I believing this stuff we're talking about tonight. The whole world is. The whole world. There's, there's not a government problem in the world. Hmm. There's a lack of faith problem because of the lack of what we say. 